Surrendered, Revealed, and Obeyed, a podcast that talks to Christians and explores how they surrendered to God, what He revealed, and how they obeyed His commands. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming and sitting down with me, Pastor John. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's your uh, Pastor John Nettesheim of Elizabeth City Baptist Church, mm-hmm. um, and you started uh, the church about how long ago now? Yes, sir. So our first service was December twentieth of twenty twenty. So we are coming uh, right up on two years. Right Amen. up on two years at the church. Yeah, yeah. that's wonderful. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, uh, just give us a little. Um, testimony from about you yeah yeah so i was born uh in longview texas 1994 uh, griggs county and uh, my family and i we lived there for a couple years we actually attended the uh famous longview baptist temple the the pastor at the time was bob grace senior we were there for a couple years um and then my family my my dad at the time moved us up to oklahoma and i lived in oklahoma for the next four years uh when i was four years of age uh, my father was killed in a tragic car accident by a drunk driver uh, which left my mother behind of course myself my brother benjamin my sister andrea and uh, so you know definitely a a difficult time for my mom for the family it's amazing the lord pulled us through all that um over the next uh, couple years my mom actually ended up flying from oklahoma to norfolk virginia to make a music cd uh to honor my late father he was a christian man and she was trying to honor him and in doing that she met matt nettesheim who was a united states or former united states sailor and that's what the navy had brought him to norfolk uh, virginia Uh, and so that was at the east coast baptist church that they met and they married uh within a year of meeting six months to a year of meeting and that brought me and my family all the way from oklahoma out to virginia Um, i lived in virginia you know basically raised in virginia all the way up until we moved down to elizabeth city um my wife and i have been married uh, just about six years and so we have three children our oldest daughter is tirza then we have lydia and little david um, prior to planting the elizabeth city baptist church i worked in uh, warehouse work for about seven seven to eight years or so um, i also worked on, under my dad as his assistant pastor before of course the lord called us to elizabeth city baptist church so um, you know that's what the lord has done and, and how the lord's brought us to where we're at today Amen. That's uh, <clears throat> that's good. So you've had a a long history of uh, serving the Lord and being around family that has served the Lord. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. That's- Since before I was born, I mean, uh, when I was in the womb, I was in church. So I blessed to be, you know, born into a Christian home and to be raised in a Christian home. And uh, you know, so Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Um, Bible conferences, revival meetings, missions conferences, going soul winning uh, just about basically every week. Uh, I mean, you know, 28 years of that, that's that's a lot of sermons. That's a long time. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a blessing and a privilege to be raised in that environment. And uh, it's helped a lot. It's helped me as a pastor now. Um, so yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. That's good. So this is uh, in the series of Churches Planting Churches, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I wanted to sit down and talk with you is because you, you are the, the pastor of a church that has been planted. Yeah. Um, so prior to you being the pastor of Elizabeth City Baptist Church, there you, you may have had some behind-the-scenes looks at how things developed um your your dad being pastor matt nettesheim of chesapeake baptist church um maybe not but was there anything that uh you know prior to you um being called to that church as some things were unfolding was there anything in the behind the scenes that you 
um, we're able to, to see or, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, and you know, my dad became pastor of the Grace Baptist Temple in, I think it was June of 2009. And, um, you know, of course now the church uh, changed its name to Chesapeake Baptist Church, but in taking that church and, um, you know, when we first got started, there weren't a lot of members here. And so I was only 15 at the time, um, but it gave me an opportunity to get completely immersed into the ministry, uh, whether that was being an usher, singing in church. Um, I started, uh, I think, preaching or teaching the junior church, you know, pretty soon. It, it didn't take long running a van route. And so being able to see the behind the scenes, um, you know, as, as a pastor and seeing my dad on the personal side, um, he was, he was very good in the way that he never brought the burdens of being a pastor church home per se. He never, he was very good at keeping a good spirit in the home. And now that I'm a pastor, looking back, I realize how difficult that was. Um, but, uh, but I would say you definitely see um, the behind the scenes because you see how much work goes into a growing and a thriving church. Um, it's one thing just to pastor a church, but it's another thing to have a church that's growing and thriving. The behind the scenes work, I mean, we were, you know, always working at the church to update things. My dad was always doing visiting, uh, you know, stapling, passing out tracks. It sounds exciting. Let's pass out 10,000 flyers. Amen. But somebody's got to cut those 10,000 flyers and somebody's got to staple them and somebody's got to pass them out. And uh, so we had not the burden, but as a, as a child growing up in, in, in my dad's family, I had the privilege of being able to uh, to get my fingers in every area of the church ministry and the church work. Um, but there's definitely definitely a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. You know, my my dad always spent a lot of time with people, so sometimes people might only see him on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or Wednesday night. But during the week, he was always him and my mom would go out to eat with people, and I, as they being the oldest child, I would watch the kids and. Um, and, you know, there were definitely the burdens. And as I grew older, you know, the next couple of years, I got more involved with the church and helped my dad even more. And so it sort of give an inside picture of everything that goes on, um, you know, which in, in, in a little bit, it, uh, it, in a small way, it almost not discouraged me from wanting to be a pastor, but I did fully realize, wow, there's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, but yeah, overall, you know, my dad had a, you know, just a great attitude and a great spirit, but the workload that goes into an evangelistic, thriving church um, is immense. And so the behind the scenes, that's what I saw is that it takes a whole lot to keep things moving, uh, keep things moving forward. And I was able to learn from my dad in that time because even though I didn't appreciate it then as a teenager, I appreciate it now because he had a good spirit, a good attitude. And, um, you know, he was, all, he was always a good dad and always a good um, husband to my mom. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that now. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Amen. I think there's, uh, there's a lot of things that, uh, when we're kids, we don't fully appreciate until we get in those situations and we're like, oh, our parents did understand a few things. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that, uh, was wondering is, you know, and I've, sometimes, uh, you know, I, because I've been at the, this church for a while and I've been, you know, um, as you, were um, serving as assistant pastor and whatnot. I've I've talked to you uh, here and there, but yeah, one thing yeah. I I I either don't remember or never actually um, asked you about is right. when did you start feeling that God wanted you to become a pastor? Not necessarily yeah, pastor of yeah. Elizabeth City, but just right. a pastor. Yeah. So when I was 
uh, I think either 15 or 16. In fact, in the in the, here at Chesapeake Baptist Church in the church fellowship hall, there's a picture of myself and my dad and brother Randy and Dr. Tom Wallace. I think maybe my brother Benjamin. And we had actually went down to a revival in Elizabeth City. Um, and uh, Dr. Tom Wallace preached. And I can't remember exactly what the message was, but there was something about that particular service where I felt in my heart that the Holy Spirit was leading me uh, into some sort of full-time ministry. And it was just something God had placed on my heart. Um, you know, so again, that was, I, I mean, I, either it's either 15 or 16 years of age. I never came forward. Um, in fact, I don't even, I don't even think I told my dad, you know, that night. It wasn't necessarily a big thing. It's just in my heart, I knew there was something God was drawing me towards that. Um, but it was, you know, it, it was a, it was a challenge. I would, you know, it was, I wish I could say that I just accepted that call and just, you know, followed as the Lord led me, you know, from 17, 18, 19, 20 to, you know, eventually planning the church several years later. Uh, but, uh, it was definitely a, a struggle, um, because again, as a pastor's son, I knew the flip side, all the work that goes into it and, uh, you know, just the, the people, you know, and, and, uh, it can be a lot of responsibility, a whole lot of responsibility. Um, I remember having, you know, having conversations with my, with my dad and I would say, daddy, you know, I, uh, you know, I want to serve the Lord and I want to do God's will for my life, but I don't, I'm not sure if I want to be a pastor. And I was saying that not because I was doubting the Lord's calling, but in my flesh, you know, just knowing this is a big responsibility. You know, you are spiritually leading, uh, you know, all these people. And I remember telling them that I said, Dad, you know, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this, but you know. And so in, in my heart, it was a it was a constant battle. So for me, eventually becoming a pastor, you know, was as simple as, you know, being obedient to the Lord's will. But it, it, it was a struggle. It really was, brother. And, um, uh, you know, the best, you know, the probably the best spiritual decisions that I made happened when I was 19 years of age. And right. uh, you know, without getting too much ahead of myself, I, uh, you know, I obviously finished up high school. We had a small uh, Christian school here, here at the church that my dad had started, and that's where I graduated from. And then I went to a Bible college for one semester, not because I was training to be a preacher, but I just sort of wanted to get away. And, uh, um, you know, I don't know, my, I was very mixed up at that time, you know. And so on the outside, it would seem as if I had it all together. But on the inside, I was fighting this battle really spiritually against the Lord. And there, I knew in my heart there would be no peace, true peace in my life until I was obedient to what the Lord had me to do. Um, I got home from uh, Bible college. Uh, I came back after one semester, and sort of in a in a in a state of rebellion per se. Um, I did not move back in with my parents, not because I wasn't allowed to, but because I didn't want to obey the rules, and that was a problem. And so, um, you know, I lived outside the home, still went to church. I never, I've, I've never stopped um, going to church. You know, I would always go to services, and I think in a some in some way that was my saving grace because the Holy Spirit had time, preach sermon after sermon after sermon to soften and work on my heart. Uh, so looking back now, you know, had I dropped out of church or, um, or you know, done it, whatever, whatever I'd want to do there uh, could have been a different story. But when I was 19 years of age, I remember just being sick and tired of fighting against the Lord. And in my heart, I just, you know, resigned myself to do whatever the Lord would have me to do. Um, I patched up things with, the, with my dad, moved back into the, the home. And from, you know, that was uh, about nine, about nine years ago, and uh, you know it's just been it's just been a journey since then. It hasn't been a perfect journey, but when I remember being nineteen and making that decision, you know I got mm -hmm. saved as a child, 
um, you know, and baptized as a child. But when I was 19 years of age as a grown man, I realized, no, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm not going to turn back. And, you know, I'm going to go the direction the Lord wants me to go. And uh, so that was definitely a big turning point in preparing me to be where I'm at today. Yeah. Amen. Now, when, uh, <clears throat> so you had this, um, you knew that God was calling you, yeah, maybe a little yeah. bit of resistance. When you um, gave in to, to surrender to God's um, push yeah. that, that you knew he was, uh, he had on your heart, um, <clears throat> did you do anything specific? Um, so I know uh, Chesapeake Baptist had the, yeah. the Bible Institute. <clears throat> um, right. did, did you do anything specific to um, really try and learn even more or mm. um or did you utilize the the bible institute or yeah th how did that portion work yeah no that's, that's a great question um you know sometimes you're naturally learning things without sitting down and intentionally trying to learn them i had learned soul winning because from a child i had gone soul winning i can remember being literally being five years of age and going out soul winning with my grandpa at the time in Oklahoma. So, man, I knew soul winning, how to lead somebody to Christ, you know, just from the repetition of it. Um, I learned Bible doctrine and understanding the Bible from growing up and spending all those years in church. And then when my dad became pastor in 2009, that really blew my church knowledge out of the water, per se, because... Um, understood, you know, my dad would set a plan. We're going to have a friend day or we're going to have a homecoming Sunday. That was one of our first big days in, in 2009. And uh, I saw what went into it. He had a plan. He had a vision, but it took more than that. We made posters and we made flyers. We invited people. He set up an order of service and then he would pray for it. He would work for it. And then I could see uh, the, I could see it all come together. And see people that would come to those Sundays, those big days. People, some of them would get saved or baptized or join the church. Um, and so, and you know, from 2009 all the way up to 2020, when we went to Elizabeth City, I was able to see exactly what works in a, you know, what what works to reach people. So that was a huge part of my church education. Um, I never had any, never went to a Bible college or seminary, you know, in in that respect. I never did any online college. Um, but learning practically under him um, was a huge plus because I saw what worked and how to do it. I knew how to reach people, how to build a relationship with them. And then I knew how to plan for a big day, per se, and how to keep a church running. I, uh, the church finances. My dad was very good with teaching us personal finances, but also business finances. And so I have to credit all that uh, to my dad. And then also uh, he would give me... Even from even as a teenager, he would give me opportunities to preach. He was very gracious if whether it's preaching on a Sunday night or Wednesday night or it got to a point, I think when I was about uh, 17, um, when I was about 17, I would fill in for him if he was out of town. If he was out of town, I would sort of uh, run the services and we'd have different people preach, but I would sort of fill in for him from about that time. So that allowed me to get um, some preaching time under my belt per se and to get a feel for the steering wheel, you know, yeah. dad's gone, you know, the responsibility, he's still the pastor, but the responsibility is on me to, uh, to, to run things to keep the church going, uh, you know, till he had returned. Uh, so he was very gracious in that. The Bible Institute has, has played a huge role. Uh, you know, it started in 2016 and I've, I've been a part of the Bible Institute ever since it started. And another, a neat thing the Bible Institute did, I remember back in 2016, I had, uh, we got married and on December 23rd of 2016 and the Bible Institute was starting at the same time. 
And, uh, you know, the Bible Institute was focused on preparing men to Lord willing plant churches or to pastor church, preparing men for the ministry. And in my heart still, as I mentioned, you know, there was always this ongoing battle. I knew I was going to serve the Lord. There was no doubt. 19 years of age, I knew I was going to serve the Lord. But I also knew how much work it was to be a pastor. And I'd had these conversations with my daddy. I, I don't know about being a pastor. I'll do this and I'll do this. But that's, that's a lot. And so the Bible Institute kept that fire burning inside of me. And, uh, you know, uh, my dad would bring in pastors, you know, from other churches and they would teach on very practical things, um, whether it was song leading or whether it was soul winning or whether it was just helping our preaching. And, uh, you know, so that has played a huge role and it's helped encourage me. Um, you know, even since we started the church in 2020, I've still remained a part of the Bible Institute and now is teaching, uh, but it encourages me to keep going for the Lord and uh, knowing that there's other there's other men out there, you know, that are uh, that are headed the right direction. So, yeah, I would credit it to my dad, the practical uh, teaching. He gave me a chance to fill in for him, teaching Sunday school, things of that nature. Um, and then the Bible Institute has been such a help, such a help and an encouragement. Yeah, that's great. One of the things that you said was, um, <clears throat> pardon me, um, that you you saw what worked. And I that's yeah, one of yeah. the one of the reasons for this series is I think it is, it's extremely important that when you see something that, that is working and when you see something that's working, like, like churches planting churches or the, the Chesapeake yeah. Baptist church, obviously God is in that and you want to do something that Amen. God is blessing. Yeah. So I, I, I love that you, you use, you know, you, you saw that that worked and you yeah. saw it worked and you were able to use that to, to help you. Um, so with the Elizabeth city Baptist church specifically, mm -hmm. yeah. when you got, when, when, well, how did that initially come about as far as, um, you believe in God calling you down there specifically? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, in, uh, in January of 2020, January of 2020, we started the church in December, January of 2020, uh, I was working for my dad is an assistant pastor and um, it was a part-time position and i i worked two other jobs on the side and i remember just getting to the point where you know i had the desire at that point where maybe to plant a church or pastor a church i felt the lord was leading me in that direction and you know my dad agreed that you know he he believed eventually that's where the lord would lead me i candidated at a uh an independent baptist church there looking for a pastor and i candidated there in january and it seemed like maybe the lord was working all that out I prayed about it. My wife and I prayed about it. Um, my dad was in favor for it, so I wasn't going against him, but I was following his counsel. He thought this maybe could be the Lord's will and uh, preached there a couple times. We went to fear their meetings and um, long story short, they, they voted someone else in to be the pastor. Um, so, you know, that was some excitement and then sort of a letdown because we really did believe, you know, that the Lord was going to work that out. So that was a little disappointment. Uh, also in uh, Also in 2020, um, I had an opportunity to go to the Anchor Baptist Church that Brother Jeremiah Cattells had started back in uh, 2019, November 2019. And going there, um, the reason we went there is he was going to be called out to sea. He was still active duty Navy, and he needed someone to intern and to preach and to run, this, run the services while he was gone. And so, you know, my dad said, hey, John, you and your wife, y'all would be great for that. So we went over there and I began preaching over there with Brother Jeremiah back and forth simultaneously. And uh, he was sort of grooming me and preparing me to uh, lead the church in his absence. And then we found out 
one phone call, the United States Navy had called him and said, hey, we're, we're not going to send you underway. And, uh, you know, just the plans canceled. So, of course, Brother Jeremiah is very excited. It's great news for him. Right. And, you know, it, it was, and we went back, we came back to Chesapeake Baptist Church and uh, just a sort of feeling of disappointment, um, you know, because we being there at Anchor, you know, gave me a vision for, you know, preaching and trying to lead the church. And it was exciting. And then uh, coming back, I did, we felt very unsettled. My wife and I both, uh, when we came back from Anchor, very unsettled. We just knew the Lord was going to do something. We didn't know exactly when, how, or where. And uh, so anyways, very soon afterwards, I think, uh, boy, that was probably maybe June or July, um, you know, my dad said, well, why don't you pray about planting a church somewhere and pray about an area? And I did. And, you know, we, we had already bought a house here in Chesapeake, so we had a you know good place to live. And my first thought was, um, boy, maybe the Lord would have me plant a church in Norfolk. You know, as of right now, there's not a lot of good independent Baptist gospel preaching churches in Norfolk. Norfolk's got a lot of people, I think 200, 220,000 people, a lot of people. Uh, I wouldn't have to move. So practically wise, I could stay where I was at. I already had a job here in Norfolk. So my personal bills would be paid. And in my mind, that's the most logical choice. Um, And uh, anyways, I remember meeting with my dad on a Monday morning and he said, John, before we go, I want you to go read the whole book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the Bible. So I sat down, read the whole book of Proverbs and it took me an hour or whatnot. And then we got in the car and, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my dad got in the car and he said, you know what, John, I've always thought about Elizabeth City. And he had mentioned, I believe, Elizabeth City in the past, but it had never even crossed my mind. Um, you know, and interestingly enough, it was years before that I believe the Lord called me to preach at another church in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Had never really been back, had not really passed through there, didn't know anybody in Elizabeth City. Um, But if my dad said we would look at Elizabeth City, that was fine with me. And uh, later on, my dad told me that he he had decided to go to Elizabeth City unless I stopped him. And later on, he said, John, if you would have stopped me and said, no, 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 we need to go to Norfolk, that's where we would have gone. But um, at the time, I was still undecided. And so following my dad and, and my pastor's advice, we went down to Elizabeth City and started looking at church buildings. And, uh, you know, eventually the Lord opened the door on, a, on a getting a good building there. Um, but uh, it was within, you know, that, that first time we drove into Elizabeth City, it was within two weeks from that day that through a just series of events and through the Holy Spirit leading my heart that I knew without a doubt God was calling us Elizabeth City. And, you know, when we first went to Elizabeth City, it was, you know, is this right? Two weeks after that, it didn't take long. I knew that it was right. And that, you know, somehow, some way, you know, me and my family, we were going to start a church in Elizabeth City. So it's interesting. You know, it wasn't one of those things where I had prayed about Elizabeth City for four years and then finally did it. It wasn't that, you know, I had a, a new people there. It was, uh, you know, just uh, following the Lord's leading. And I think many times the Lord will lead your pastor and your pastor will lead you. And so on that day, that's exactly what happened was going down there. And, you know, the rest is history. Amen. When you said that um, you, about two weeks from looking for to knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Was there, I feel like anytime I am trying to find the answer or trying to find something that God's showing me and then he shows it to me, there's like a relief, even though the, the, yeah. how did you have a relief, even though that was only the, the start of finding the actual church that you were going to be building and then, yeah. you know, putting up, um, 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there, uh, there's a certain uh, peace that came, you know. That's a good um, word. You know, a, a peace that came over me and my wife. We knew it was right. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, there, there were, um, I, you could call them supernatural, but things that, that just God, God worked out. Because we drove down there on a Monday and we looked at buildings. Because obviously if you're going to start a church, you got to meet somewhere. And then it was the very next day very next day a lady called my dad um, out of the blue he, he never met her didn't know lady this lady lives in west virginia and she but she used to live in elizabeth city north carolina and she said pastor you know she was asking about i forget what question she had but she said pastor you know i lived in elizabeth city for a long time and i really wish somebody would go down there and start a bible believing gospel preaching church in elizabeth city and amazingly how it worked out that lady also owned a house in elizabeth city which is where we lived at oh wow we rented a house from her uh for you know a year and a half um you know yeah about a year and a half or so and it's just so you know that happened the day after and then uh i think within probably within the first five days my dad had mentioned on Wednesday that we were praying about going to Elizabeth City. And that's what he said, you know, pr we're praying that the Lord might lead that way. Somebody uh, that lived in Florida that used to come here to Chesapeake Baptist Church, somebody lived in Florida, saw the live stream and said, oh, John Nettisheim is praying about going to Elizabeth City. He called me and he said, my family lives down in Elizabeth City. And I had no idea that the family lived there, you know. And so, uh, so there are a couple of things like that that just uh, completely happened out of the blue. Um, and then, you know, praying, you know, praying about it, you know, we were already seeking the Lord's direction. It's just, it's hard to explain it. You know, I think this says the, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, right. the Bible says, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so it's hard to understand it, but I just, I knew, and my wife knew we were going to Elizabeth city and, uh, you know, all the details and stuff were not yet worked out. Um, but I knew that's where the Lord had, uh, was sending us. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. that, I, Peace is a is a, a great word. That, that's yes, amen. I sorry. I, I I as I'm I'm hearing this. I'm you know some of these things I I know from being at the church and uh, yeah. and some of them I don't. But it is it is amazing that what we sometimes think are um, just almost sometimes we look at it as happenstance in the in sure. the thing like yeah you know, you were looking at Norfolk and then you go to Elizabeth city and then you realize, okay, the Elizabeth city is where I need to be. And then, um, a family there's, there's a tie there and then there's, you know, yeah, other things. Yeah. And, and really, you know, we can look at it as happenstance, but in, in the time it feels like that. But then when you look back, no, God wanted me there. God Amen. wanted you there. And yes, sir. That, yeah. like you said, uh, uh, just a little bit ago, once you just surrender to that and, and are willing to do whatever yeah. God wants, it's amazing yeah. how he can work. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. Um, yeah. so you started the church and, yeah. um, you know, I can imagine that it's, uh, even though, you know, God will work things out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of unknowns in that. And so I'm, I imagine that, you know, leaving the, the close church that you're yeah. at, the yeah. family um, that you have. And while Elizabeth City isn't, you know, the other side of the country, it still sure. is, is a ways away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I believe uh, Chesapeake Baptist um, sent uh, what I think 
Pastor Matt called sitters. Yes, um, basically yeah. families yeah. to come down and, and sit in the church and, and help you, um, yeah. you know, start it up. How, how, uh, how did you feel about, about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, in, in a short answer, it was great. You know, the Lord had, um, I'll back up just a little bit. The Lord had opened up a door to get, uh, our church building. And, you know, a lot of times the church will start and it's very difficult to find a church building that you can rent at a good price, you know, or a church building that you can buy. And so we, uh, my dad and I, before we started the church, we were looking at buildings. So there was a building that I had found for rent and I had contacted the guy. We went to look at it and I, I thought it was a great building. I mean, I saw it and I, I mean, I could imagine the sign, you know, this was going to be the church. And my dad said, no, no, the Lord's got something better. And uh, he being much wiser than I, you know, was right. And we were, we looked at a, there was a church building for sale, not just a church building, but a church building on a, right in the middle of town, uh, near the downtown area, right on a four lane road. So Pernia Visa had a beautiful uh, steeple with a cross on top, beautiful brick building, parking lot, uh, two stories and a beautiful church building for sale. They were asking $350,000. And of course that's a lot of money, especially if you're starting from scratch. I mean, I didn't have $350,000. <laughs> And um, so my dad had went uh, down there to Elizabeth City. He went, met with the, uh, Brother Payton and some of the, the men from his church. And they talked to the real estate agent in the building. And long story short, they offered them uh, $250,000. And the real estate agent brought that back to the owners of the building. Uh, and they countered, I believe, with $265,000. So the blessing was they were uh, Chesapeake Baptist Church helped us by purchasing that building. And then in turn, from the get-go, when we started in December, uh, they rented the building back to us at the cost of the mortgage. And so we were still uh, paying our own bills. You know, we weren't necessarily pulling a whole lot of funds from Chesapeake Baptist Church, but they gave us a startup fund and they purchased the building. And so from uh, from the get-go, our church, we had a had a beautiful, beautiful church building. And uh, one of the one of the best one of my favorite pictures that I have um, from the last couple of years is uh, I was I was standing on top of the truck and I put a ladder on the truck to put this big banner up and the banner said Grand Opening Sunday December twentieth at eleven a.m. and uh, you know I'm just sitting up there and my wife took the picture I'm just sitting up there like this and the excitement of you know starting starting this church um, I will say that my my dad and our sending church. Uh, you know, we would not be where we're at today were it not for them. Uh, they kindly and graciously uh, gave us a, a very generous startup fund. So from day one, uh, you know, we had money in the bank because we, we still had bills to pay. We got a great deal on the building, but it's still not free. Right. And you still have utilities and cost of tracks. Um, I was working full time then. And so my personal expenses, my family expenses were all taken care of. You know, I was I was working while we started the church. Um the sitters were, they, they were so encouraging, so helpful. Um, you know, Sunday morning and then just about even on Sunday nights, I think, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, um, we had people from Chesapeake Baptist Church come probably, I think, six weeks is what it was. And by the time, you know, it, it gave stability to our church because new people are coming in. It's a brand new church. And if they see five or six people in there, in a big auditorium, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to necessarily, you know, get over a new person coming in. seems very awkward. Right. So having sitters that came Sunday morning and Sunday night, um, you know, they were not joining our church. We were, we, you know, they weren't moving down to Elizabeth city. Uh, 
had had a huge impact. And by and I, by the end of the six weeks or so, we had uh, reached a core group of people, you know, from Elizabeth City that were coming Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And we have never had one service where it was just me and my family. Amen. And when we started, I told my wife, I said, "Hun." I've read church planning books and I know, I know how this goes and it might just be you and me on a few Wednesday nights, you know, and uh, we were mentally prepared for that, but the Lord has blessed us so much. We've always had people there and we started off, you know, the church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, So we started off with all the services. So the sitters were such a help and God bless them. The, the effort that those people made to drive all the way down Elizabeth city and encourage us, um, you know, has paid, is going to pay big dividends in heaven. It's, it's helped us out so much. Yes, You mentioned uh, getting tracks started, Um, something that, you know, I'm sure maybe I'm the only one, but initially you come to a church and and you see the pastor preach, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, Wednesday, and you think, well, that's about a three hour job, right? You know, he's an hour for each service to (laughs) to plan that that sermon. And then that's pretty much all you have to do. Um, Obviously, that is not the case. Right, right. Yes. Sir. Now, the reason why I bring up tracks is what were some of the things right off the bat yeah. that you knew that you were going to do to um, try to get the church off on the on the right foot with God's blessing? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, as tracks, I think we passed out several, it might have been up to 10,000, but it was several thousand tracks. And so that we passed out. Um, so we got them all ordered, got them in, and we, we made a big push for the grand opening service. So passing out tracks, and then we, of course, the, uh, you know, way, you know, we started the church in December. We did not close on that building until uh, November. So originally, what we, we were trying to start the church in November. You know, we started our church the Sunday before Christmas, two weeks before New Year's. That's a... <laughs> That's not the most ideal time for everyone's thinking holidays and, right. you know, no one's thinking about the Lord, sadly. You know, it's just a busy time of year. Everyone's yeah. out of town. And uh, so we didn't close on the building till November. But for the last, for the months of the summer, the months of like August, September, October, um, you know, even though we didn't have a building yet, even though we didn't have tracks and there was no official start date, uh, me and my wife would come down to Elizabeth City, our family, every single week. And we would start we would start witnessing to people. The first person that I led to Christ in Elizabeth City, I led him to Christ, you know, a couple months before he ever had a building. Because I remember I already knew God wanted us down there. So if I had to start it in a field, I was gonna start in a field. If I had to start a church in the park, I was committed to that's where God had us. I knew God would work out the details. By faith I believed that. Um, and so we started going down there and when you go down there, you, you meet people and you start to, we, we, we went to the local restaurants, you know, we drove around town, we got a feel for the area. So we did all that prep work over the summer. Uh, I also wanted to live, you know, we'd already bought a house in Chesapeake several years before. Um, but you know, I wanted to live in Elizabeth city. And so we start looking where are we going to live? You know, we don't want to live in Virginia and drive all the way down to North Carolina because starting the church is not a temporary thing. This is this is going to be our home. Amen. And the lady that had called my dad, you know, way back a few months before in the summer and said, someone ought to plant a church in Elizabeth City. Uh, that dear lady, she owned a house in Elizabeth City. And at first I asked her about it. I said, would you ever rent that house to us? Because it was vacant at the time. She said, no, I would never do that. And I said, oh, okay. So we start looking elsewhere. She calls me back not long after that conversation says, you know what, I got to fix it up. But if you'll help me, I'll rent the house out to you. And so we moved into that house. um, I think like the first week of October, 2020. So we had not yet closed on the church building. You know, we were were finalizing everything, but it wasn't set in stone yet. 
Um, you know, we, we hadn't even had necessarily gospel tracks yet because we don't have a building. Right. You can't put the address on the tracks yet just <laughs> yeah. in case you don't, it falls through. Um, and so we were able to rent that house at, at an affordable price. So, um, so that helped us, you know, uh, you know, get all that prep work and stuff done. Uh, we, you know, working full time when, I, when we started, you know, I would drive all the way up to Norfolk every day. I worked at a warehouse Monday through Friday. Uh, my boss was a blessing. He's still a blessing to us. Uh, you know, he allowed me to get off work early enough on Wednesdays. I never had to work Saturday or Sunday. And what I focused on was on Saturdays. I made the most use of Saturdays, the time that we had. Obviously, you have to prepare the sermons and Sunday school. I mean, you're preaching Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. So you're preaching four times, and each service is about an hour. And so I was leading the singing. So you're prepping for all the service. That's part of it. Um, and then there's also just the general maintenance and stuff of the property. We didn't have to do a lot, uh, but I wanted the property to look as nice as what we could afford. Um, and then one thing that I've always um, spent time with in the last two years since we started the church is if we had a visitor come on Sunday, I would try to develop a relationship with that person. Whether that be inviting them over to our house during the week, whether that be going to breakfast if it's a gentleman or maybe my wife going to coffee if it's a lady. And so, you know, the, the general maintenance of the, of the church, passing out tracks, designing stuff, you know, for big days and everything that you have coming up. The financial side, all the accounting, and, and that's a whole nother, whole nother animal. Um, and, uh, and then spending time with people, spending time with people, which sometimes is, uh, you know, it's, it's, always, it's always fun, right. you know, but uh, it's, uh, you know, you're doing it for a purpose. So, and even now, that's basically what, um, you know, now I'm able to pastor full time. It's a blessing and it's a privilege. Um, and, you know, my work consists of the general maintenance and reaching people, passing out flyers. But, you know, as, the, as our church has grown and there's more people, there's also the, the delegation side. Now we have multiple Sunday school classes, which is a blessing. Um, I don't teach the only class. We have, you know, four Sunday school classes. And so it's overseeing that and continuing to, um, to provide the vision and then also uh, problem solving, putting out fires, you know, as, as they come up. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's different, you know, when I worked in the warehouse for seven, eight years, I would show up at work and um, I was one of the best, one of the top guys there. I always worked hard and uh, we would have a to-do list. We got to get this and this done and man, bam, 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 I would do it. And then you clock out and, and then you're done, you go home. But pastoring is a, is a constant thing and it's a lot of decision making. And so in a physical sense, I don't work as hard physically necessarily as I used to. Uh, but in a mental sense, it's, uh, it's a lot more difficult after, you know, after working in a warehouse and, you know, working, uh, you know, nine to five or eight to 10, 12 hour shifts, five days a week, doing that for a few years. Um, what I do now is, is more difficult. You know, my back, not my back might not be a sore, you know, and I might not be sweating as much most of the time, but it's definitely more difficult. I, yes, sir. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, being the son of a pastor, you got, you saw how much work yeah. it was going to, going to take. And then, um, now that you've been doing it for about two years, um, how much different is it than you were expecting? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say the, you know, I was not, I, sometimes in, in before we started the church, my dad would counsel with me, say, John, he said, John, you're going to start this church and, there's going to be a lot of good things, but let me tell you, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And, you know, you just need to trust the Lord and keep a positive attitude. 
before we started the church, my dad counseled and, and warned me of what was to come. And it was sort of that, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, no, pass me that coffee. You know, it wasn't, it sort of went in one ear and out the other. Um, and I don't know if there's ever a good way to be prepared when you're starting your first church or passing your first church, but um, it has been very difficult to, when with, with people, when you lead people to Christ or you reach out to them and bring them to the church and you love them, you care for them, you invest your time in them, you invest energy, sometimes even personally, you invest money in them to be a help to them because you want to see them grow. You're not against mm -hmm. them, you're for them. And, and if for whatever reason, they, they leave, they leave. Uh, that has been the most eye-opening and the, mo the most difficult thing to overcome through that. Um, you know, we've in, at our church in the last two years, we've seen over 400 people saved. Amen. And we keep good numbers on that. And uh, we've seen, I think, 45, almost 50 people baptized. Um, in two years, we've had at least uh, 350 to 400 people from Elizabeth City visit our church. Doesn't mean they stayed, but they at least one service they visited. So we've had three. That's that's a lot of people. Three hundred fifty to four hundred people in uh, in a town of eighteen thousand is a lot. Um, but a lot of those people they come and for various reasons they don't stay. So when someone comes to the door, in my mind, I think, boy, this is the greatest church. This is the greatest church in the world. You know, <laughs> what do you what do you mean you're not going to come back? And and um, but that's you know. So even though I had seen that working as an assistant pastor for my dad, somebody would come in and, you know, they, I'd call them and say, well, hey, we're not coming back for whatever reason. It didn't affect me that much until I was the pastor. Right. And so when you're an assistant pastor or you're a layman in the church and you're working under your pastor, it does hurt you that people leave. And sometimes it's just moving. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. Other times it's because they just stopped serving God altogether. And then there are those times where uh, they were easily offended. You know, they, their eyes were not on God. Their eyes were not on the Bible. They got offended over something small and uh, then leave the church. But for a pastor, it takes a big mental toll. And I've had to... Uh, just to, to go back to the Lord after times like that. And and what, what has helped me, uh, Jerron, through that uh, was basically two things. Because this happened many times. The, the, the core group of people that we reached when we started our church, uh, basically none of them are with us anymore. Yeah. They're not here. And, you know, when, when we first started, it was exciting days. Those first couple months were amazing. And I'm imagining in my heart as a young pastor and being naive that these people are going to be here 10 years from now right. and we'll sit around and have a great homecoming. Um, but the two things that have helped me move on, uh, you know, after, after being disappointed or let down by people is number one, I remind myself that I came to Elizabeth City not necessarily to reach people. I came to Elizabeth City because it was God's will for my life. Amen. And it changes my perspective. Now, reaching people is part of the reason. But the primary reason I came is because I love God and I devoted to serving God and God's will for my life and my family's life is to start a church in Elizabeth City. Mm -hmm. God's not going to fail me. God, God, you know, God can never fail me. Um, so that encourages me. Um, and then my second thing that encourages me that I remember is all the people that we have reached. And we have people in our church um, that have been saved and baptized at our church and their lives are completely changed. And now they're serving faithfully in the church and they're people that I can count on. And they're going out and winning other people to Jesus Christ and their converts are coming to church and getting baptized. Amen. You can't put a price tag on that. No. So there are the, there are the disappointments, but um, 
that would be the biggest thing um, that I've had to overcome. And I've heard other pastors say the same thing. You know, one of their biggest challenges was being able to overcome when you love somebody and and they leave for some reason and moving on from there. Yeah. Amen. That's uh, something that, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think about in that way. Not yeah being yeah. a pastor. That's that's uh, interesting. Um, when those times come, when the the frustrations, whether it's you know, a maintenance or a, sure. a yeah. people. Um, what, what in the Bible um, do you do you go to? Do you have any like places that you go? Just you know, yeah. something's not going right, and okay, I'm going here first. I may go to other places right. and, and see what God has, but I just yeah. do you have any anything like that? Or yes, yes, I do. You know, in the Book of Psalms, I can't recall the exact reference, but. Um, it says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher Amen. than I. And so um, it's foolish to think that we'll never be overwhelmed. Right. But when we get overwhelmed, we, we take it to the Lord. And I'll, I do my best to leave it in the Lord's hands to say, Lord, may, maybe it's something wrong I did. Forgive me. Lord, please help me. Um, so that's the first thing I go to is, is you know reminding myself of that verse and then going in prayer and uh, just just asking the Lord for help, and you know, I don't I, I don't want to it to affect my spirit to where I don't reach people anymore, or I get bitter or angry towards that person. And there was also been a huge source of help is um, I have you know even now as a pastor counseled with my dad, and I'll talk to him you know, and I'll explain the situation to him, and uh, he's encouraged me you know to keep going. So um, you know, just turning to the Lord and leaving that in His hands, knowing that there's nothing more I can do. Um, and then also seeking encouragement and help, um, you know, from my dad and from, and from other preachers. Amen. Yeah. Well, now that you've been pastoring the, uh, um, Elizabeth city Baptist church for a couple of years, yeah. um, what's changed and then mm -hmm. what stayed the same in relation to all the things you're responsible for as a pastor? Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. you've talked a little bit about it, but is there anything that's, you know, the same as it was when you first started or um, just vastly yeah. different? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there, one of the things that has remained the same is the the process of reaching people. The Lord's always blessed our church. We, we've, we've always had visitors. I mean, mm -hmm. in fact, our very first year um, that we started the church, this is not an exaggeration, but in 52 weeks, now one week means Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, in 52 weeks, maybe five weeks we didn't have first-time visitors maybe five weeks um and you know i mean we've had big services and had 30 visitors i mean we've had that a few times so the process of um you know reaching people planning for big days and then following up with these people some stay you know uh, some don't that has remained the same it's gotten a little bit on a bigger scale but that's remained the same you know the basic process um you know we do friend day every single year we're about to do our veteran sunday that's every single year and thanksgiving sunday um uh two two main things that come to mind have been different number one uh my my scheduling has gotten a lot better uh you know from we started the church in december and I worked full-time uh, Monday through Friday up in Norfolk. So it was an hour to work. You'd work all day, drive an hour back. Uh, so I really, it was, sometimes I felt like I was just juggling things. It was, I felt it was possible to really get ahead because we were just pulled in so many directions. I was always so busy. Um, but in 
in April of 2021, um, what, what had happened, there was some churches and it turned out to be several churches over the course of the first year that contacted me and said, Brother John, we heard about the work that's going on in Elizabeth City. We want to be a blessing to you. And they started supporting uh, me and my family and our church financially. Amen. And so, you know, within, um, I probably want to say, let me see. And within eight months of when we started the church, I was able to become a full-time pastor. That's a blessing. And it is a huge blessing. And I was able, I, I went from working full-time to then I worked part-time for a few months to then um, I was able to completely, you know, be full-time as a pastor. And uh, that's, that's the way to still us today. I'm very blessed in that regards. Um, so that's been a blessing. So that's one thing that's changed that's helped. Another thing that's changed is um, when when we first started, my main as far as reaching people, my main focus was reaching people and just getting them to church. You know, not necessarily as much counseling them or something. I just I needed people to come because you know you need a big group of people so you can reach out to them, and from that you get a core group that'll be faithful to the Lord and be faithful to church. Um, but now you know I spend a lot of time uh, counseling people and helping people. You know, we have uh, two adult Sunday school classes, uh, or, or three adult Sunday school classes, but two other adult teachers in our church. So before they became adult teachers, I had to get to know them, you know, and I had to make right. sure that we were on the same page. Um, and also, uh, you know, trying to spend more time delegating. When we first started the church, um, I took up the offering, and I gave the announcements. I opened the service in prayer. I led the singing. I taught all the adults in Sunday school. I cut the grass. I painted. I, mean, I did everything. Not because I wanted to, but simply because there was nobody else. My wife, she did everything too. We would lock our kids up in the nursery. She would play the piano for church. And then about halfway through, she would have to zip out of there and go work the nursery. And it was it was tough. It was fun, but it was just very busy. Uh, but now because we have more people in the church, uh, you know, I want to give them an opportunity to serve the Lord, which may sound like a simple thing. But, you know, you have somebody come, they want to serve the Lord, but you need to find a job that's suitable for them. Right where it's not too much for them. Uh, it's something that they're ready for at their uh, level in their Christian walk with the Lord. Um, so that has changed, you know, the counseling with people, um, you know, and, and the delegating and almost almost taking a little bit more um, of a management role, you know, per se, just because there's more people that now we're, we're overseeing. Uh, we have probably 10, 10, 10 different ladies that work in the nursery. And so obviously my wife directly oversees that, but I'm over, in a way, the pastor's over everything. And so we're trying to recruit nursery workers, but then also trying to stay on top of them. Yeah. You know, when we started, we had two Sunday school classes. Now we have four Sunday school classes. Um, we have a church van, which means we have a church van driver. And we, you know, a lot of different, um, we've been able to add a lot of different ministries and things in the church, um, which does help, but it does, you know, create a uh, little bit bigger of our burden and more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, so, oh, I had a, I had a wonderful question and I lost it. Um, <laughs> It'll come back to you. It will. It will. Um, so is there any advice that you would give to somebody that it would mm -hmm. be in a similar position to you, you know, two and a half years ago, you know, God wants right. you to plant a church. You might even have a general area where he, he wants you to plant it. Yeah. Um, is there yeah. any advice that you'd give? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say focus more on your position or on your direction rather than your position. 
sometimes you can think too much in the future that you're no good for the present. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to do day by day, you'll never get to the future. You know, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. So the work of the Lord is different than a business. For a business, you plan, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, because you can control a lot of those things. Um, but in the work of the Lord, you know, you're doing it by faith. And so we walk by faith. You walk by faith on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so, you know, if somebody has that desire now, that's a good thing. If they desire to be a pastor or a church planner, because the Bible says, he that desireth the office of a bishop desireth the good works. So that's a good thing to desire. Um, yeah, focus on, on, on what you're doing now. Um, focus on your job. Focus on your job. You know, for a man, obviously your church planner, pastor, you're going to be a man. Um, you need to be married. Okay, and so you need to work on being a good husband because if you can't, if you don't have a successful and a happy, not a perfect, but if you don't have a successful, happy marriage, you have no business starting a church and no business pastoring a church. If you do have children and your children are out of line and unruly and you're not raising them correctly, if you can't handle that, you're never going to be able to uh, handle a church. And it's not have to be perfect. So I would say focus on that. And then whatever you do for a living. Um, you know, a man's job, you know, it, sh it should be very important and very dear to him. Um, some of the work ethic that my dad taught us growing up translated to me working as an adult, and it's translated and helped me as a pastor now. Um, you know, the, the few jobs that I've had, um, you know, in, in the last 10 years of my adult working life, I've always been uh, right at the top. Some of the best guys, most re I was one of the most reliable, dependable, hardest workers. My boss could say, you know what, I need someone for this job that'll do a good and, you know, he could count on me. Um, but I worked hard to be good at that. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do with all thy might. Um, and so that'll help. So I'd say for a man now, you need to work on being a good husband, a good father, raising your family. Uh, take your job seriously that the Lord's given you. It doesn't have to take priority over coming to church and serving the Lord, but you should be very good at what you're doing because you want, I want, I wanted God to look down on heaven and say, you know what, that guy's doing a great job. I know that I can trust him with the task of starting the church. Um, and then I would also say, you know, assuming that this potential young man or uh, middle-aged man even uh, would be already serving in church. Uh, that would entail going soul winning every single week and leading people to Christ. And, uh, you know, if they teach a Sunday school or even as an usher, whatever job they do, to be very busy um, and serving, serving the Lord. Um, you know, the Lord's looking for people to serve him that have a track record of serving. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not going to lead people to Christ now, the light switch is not going to go on when you become a pastor. Right. And if you are unable to reach people, by reaching people, I mean not just leading mm -hmm. to Christ, but getting them to come to church and trying to personally befriend them and disciple them, um, if you can't do that at all right now, the light switch doesn't just you know switch on when you become a pastor, um, and so and so yeah, focus on the what you're doing now, and if you'll do the right thing today and you'll do it tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, in God's timing and in His will, He will lead you and guide you, you know, to the path if He does you know use you to be a church planner. Amen. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and, uh, and talking about your experience. Um, you know, I've had uh, a good, I've enjoyed, um, watching you, you know, start doing yeah. some, some preaching and then <laughs> going on. And I, I can remember yeah. several times that my wife and I, you know, um, I've always enjoyed your preaching. Yes, sir. But even inside of that, I remember going home after you've preached sometimes and, uh, and my wife and I talking about, he's, he's getting, 
really good at <laughs> preaching, you know, like, I yeah. just really, really enjoyed, um, yes, you know, the, the little bit of time that I've had to, to watch you in, in this church and then, um, starting the, the church, yeah. uh, in Elizabeth city. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really appreciate your time. Um, hopefully, yes, uh, anybody watching can, uh, get something out of this and, uh, and yeah. apply it to, uh, whether they're trying to start a church or, uh, or just, just trying to follow God a little closer. Um, it's, it's encouraging Amen. to see and to hear that, uh, you know, when you just surrender and, and, um, and do his, his will look for what he wants, first of all, yeah. and then yeah. do it that, that, man, you get some wonderful blessings. Amen. So, Amen. Um, is there anything else that you would like to, uh, to share? Or, um, yes. Just one last thing, you know, um, the Lord, the Lord's still doing a great work. The Lord is still doing a great work. Um, you know, don't fall prey to the negative attitude of people can't be saved anymore because I'm telling you, they can. Yeah. Don't fall prey to the negative attitude that people won't get saved and baptized anymore because they can, and I've seen it. Um, I've seen, you know, multitudes of people get saved and baptized and then get their lives turned around um, in our church. Uh, you know, don't fall prey to the negative attitude that churches can't be planted because of, you know, because of the COVID or pandemic era, or churches can't be planted because of the economy or church. I mean, you know, if, if, if we're still breathing and Jesus hasn't called us home and we still have the Bible and we still have the gospel and we do have those things, uh, then churches can still be planted. People can be saved. People can be baptized. God wants to do a work. He's just looking for somebody to buckle down and get busy. Amen. Amen. I appreciate it. It's uh, Pastor John Nettesheim of Elizabeth City Baptist Church. Yes, sir. Thank you.